Welcome to the Gutsy Ladies Podcast. I'm your host, Bella Reynolds, and I'm a life coach on a mission to support midlife women to live their next chapters with ease, with clarity, and with confidence, to become a gutsy lady. A gutsy lady doesn't fade or shy away, and she doesn't use midlife as an excuse to live a life less fulfilled. She thinks, if not now, when? Until now, the story of midlife hasn't supported this vision for our lives, and it's time to talk about it. In this podcast, I share insights from my personal experience, as well as thoughts and lessons from thousands of hours of coaching. If you want to live your best life and are ready to do the work, then you are in the right place. Let's get started. So thanks for joining me for another episode. And this is a follow-on episode from last week where I spoke about the crazy little uh, thought habit that we can get into of all or nothing thinking or black and white thinking where we really have, I mean, uh, another overall term for it is rigid thinking as opposed to more flexible thinking. And the risk with the all or nothing thinking is that inadvertently um, it can keep you completely stuck without realising it because you would think when there's only two choices, all or nothing, that maybe that was a simpler way to be living. But no, because you have so few choices, you can unwittingly keep yourself stuck. So that's what I really spoke about in last week's episode and go back if you haven't listened to it. Because what this episode is about is just doing a more of a deep dive to one of the antidotes for all or nothing thinking that I spoke of, which is all about self-compassion or being more self-compassionate and bringing that thinking in. So in last week's episode, I mentioned that the three ways that you can address all or nothing thinking was to, number one, acknowledge it, because without acknowledgement, we can't move forward. Number two, some journaling prompts to make sure that you're using to be able to start addressing it. And the third one is how to bring in more self-compassionate habits. And the reason this is such an important topic for me to be talking about is that when I consider every woman I currently have in the Gutsy Ladies Club, I cannot think any one of them who has not come initially with high levels of all or nothing thinking, or more importantly, low levels of self-compassion. And so this is really important. And as they've got into the club and as they've started to really embrace what the club has to offer, I, I, I love nothing better than watching them become more compassionate to themselves And also it is such a group that because all of them are doing that, they create such a safe space for everyone else to be able to be uh, supported in that manner, which is really cool. So if anything I talk about today um, really resonates, make sure you check out my Gutsy Ladies Club because it's the place to be if you're in midlife, feeling stuck and want to seriously do some cool things with your life. So the three things that I'm going to cover today Number one is the three reasons that self-compassion is a great antidote to all or nothing thinking, which has got a high link to perfectionism, by the way. The second thing is I'm going to tell you three simple habits you can bring in immediately that will increase your level of self-compassion in your life. And then I'm also going to share the number one action you can take and commit to from today that will increase self-compassion in your life. 
So the three reasons that self-compassion is such a powerful antidote. Number one is because it will help you to embrace imperfection. Yep, that's a complete antidote to perfectionism, which is definitely linked to all or nothing thinking. Um, and so just give you an example right now, what's an example of all or nothing thinking? One client that comes immediately to mind um, is in her early 50s. Um, she is not in a happy place with regards to her work world. And she has been sitting very unhappily in this place all of this year. She's readily recognised it. Um, but the reason that she's keeping herself stuck there is that she's got this all or nothing thinking that if she actually leaves that job, she may never, ever get another one. So all or nothing is that I'm in this job, it's better than nothing. And if I leave it, what if I never, ever get another job? It's not the truth. When we question it, there is no way this woman has ever had problems getting a job ever, but she's got herself caught in this because, of course, the fear that is fueling all or nothing thinking is fear of failure. So that's just one example. Um, another example I can think of in my own business is what if I try a new uh, marketing activity in my business and if I had all or nothing thinking, it would be, well, if I try that and it fails, therefore, um, I don't think about varying degrees of success. I would be thinking, oh, my God, I try it and therefore it fails. So therefore, it's better not to try it because then I can't fail. Even as I say all this out loud, I know that you will be listening going, but that just seems so crazy, right? But I can promise you I have numerous, numerous examples of midlife women who think like this, or more importantly, have got in the habit of thinking like this as their confidence has gone or started to deplete and as the um, fear of failure has got louder in their world. So number one reason it's powerful antidote with self-compassion is it will help you to embrace imperfection. It will help you to um, realise that it is just part of being human that it's not just a matter of being perfect or a failure. It's not that all or nothing world. Mistakes, trying, having a crack, um, exploring opportunities is actually fundamental to being a human and going through the processes of exploring and potentially making mistakes is that imperfect process is in fact incredibly human and it's what we all desire actually it's what if if we want to move forward if we want to change if we want to evolve if we want to grow we have to embrace that the process we're about to go down will be imperfect and once again I, I know I've mentioned this a couple of times if that was not the case Hollywood and the movie theater and the, like the movies that we all watch would not be so compelling for us to watch can you imagine if Ryan Gosling came to the screen and he had this incredible plan to, you know, make such a success of his life and it was a seemingly simple, perfect path. It would be so boring to watch. I mean, even Ryan Gosling, imagine him being boring to watch. It would be because it was too perfect a process. So just know that bringing in more self-compassion 
and I'm going to tell you how to do this in a minute, but bringing in more self-compassion is all about, number one, embracing imperfection, embracing your humanness. And um, it's basically, at the end of the day, it's okay to make mistakes. Second part or second reason that's a powerful antidote is that it brings in um, mindful self-kindness. And because you are going to bring in more self-compassion, you are going to be bringing in thoughts that I'm going to get you to make sure that you bring in and notice with less judgment. So it is, you know, self-compassion allows us to look up what I call eagle eye and to, in the habits and we'll talk about in a minute, allow us to observe our thoughts with self-compassion, so not with the perfect lens. And through that, we will allow ourselves to see that there is less judgment required. Because, of course, one of the reasons that all or nothing thinking can be so dangerous, I suppose, is maybe a little bit over the top, but can be so tricky and keep us stuck is because there's so much judgment around it's all or it's nothing. So it's got to be perfect or it's not going to be perfect. And immediately I say those words, there's so much judgment around whether it's perfect or imperfect. So, yeah, bringing in more mindful self-kindness is what is another result of self-compassionate thinking. And the third reason it's such a powerful antidote as I'm going to put it under the banner of what you call common humanity. But what that really is, you're not alone. When you start to think more self-compassionate thoughts about where you're at and it's okay to make mistakes, and straight away I said that's about more of our humanness, it is actually recognition that you're not trying to be in the 0.000001% who somehow managed to do everything perfectly, which I don't believe is true, you are in the 99.9999 of us all who are incredibly human and that when we make a decision to try something new, try something different, that we recognise immediately there is going to be some mistakes made in that process. And you're not alone. And humans do not like being alone. We really love connection. We love being part of a tribe. So that's another insidious thing about all or nothing thinking is ironically setting that thought pattern up or actually having that thought pattern can isolate you without realizing it. And that's another part of that perfectionism is that if you are you know, trying to wait until everything's completely in line and then it will be perfect to move forward, you're isolating yourself because that's not how the normal human process works. So if you recognise that it's a very, um, it's a process around change that has got lots of mistakes and hiccups, and as I mentioned last week's episode, it's more like a maze. I'm going to step forth and there are multiple ways in which I can get to the same end result and I'm going to have this exploration and curiosity mindset. So these are the ways that being more self-compassionate um, as opposed to all or nothing, can. It, these are ways in which they can antidote that all or nothing thinking. So what are three simple habits that you can bring into your daily life that will immediately increase the level of self-compassion? 
Well, the first one is when you notice yourself berating yourself, and I talk about this as being your inner critic versus your inner coach. An example for this may be um, you've maybe you've been with a group of people and you've noticed you've said some things that just didn't reflect the real person that you wanted to be. As you drive away, I would suspect if that's the case, you're probably berating yourself. Oh, you're such an idiot. You shouldn't have said those things. Instead of berating yourself, instead of having that thinking, I want you to immediately replace it with a question, which is, you know, noticing yourself having said some things in a conversation that just didn't reflect who you really are or what you really wanted to say. The first thing to ask yourself is what did you learn about this? So whenever you notice yourself being very critical of yourself, stop yourself from flying into the self-critic mode and just replace it with, well, what have I learned? What have I learned? And so for an example, if you had been with a group of people and maybe you felt a bit uncomfortable being with this group of people, it may be new to you. And so you felt that you had to almost pretend to be a certain type of person to be liked by these people. What you may have learned from this is that leading into those situations, you might have um, prepare yourself with ways in which you will set yourself up to be in that space. Or you may think twice about going into a group like that unless you've got someone who you know has your back or supports you. Um, it's actually may be that it's just a more thoughtful process. What you've learned is that I get really nervous. My confidence has been quite um, shot lately. So if I'm going to put myself in those situations, I know I'm going to bring on a little bit of what we might call social anxiety. So I will have a plan to address this. And that in itself means that you're exploring choices. It's not an all or nothing process. Being more self-compassionate to self and having, you know, as I said, that growth mindset of, okay, what have I learnt from that interaction? How am I going to address it next? That will open up your mind to possibilities, which is really the name of every game in growth particularly. So a second habit to bring in is a habit of meditation. Now, if this, this is a practice that um, a lot of my uh, gutsy ladies um, come to the table wanting to try, but it's also a, process, a practice that I've used intermittently until, well, I can actually safely say in the last 12 months or over the last 12 months, I've brought this practice in more and more as a complete habit. And so every day I do a meditative practice and it is sitting for 22 minutes and um, if you want to know more about this, all the information about it is in Vedic meditation under my Gutsy Ladies Club. But I sit and it has allowed me to be so much more mindful about my thoughts. Because when you use meditation as a practice in a daily sense, and I, you don't have to do 22 minutes. When I first started doing this, um, I would think I was doing it for something like three minutes or four minutes, and that's what I encourage my gutsy ladies to bring in, is just bringing in two to three minutes every day is sitting, focusing on your breathing and noticing your thoughts but not buying into them, simply observing those thoughts. 
And this is a really simple way to bring in a more self-compassionate process into your life because, once again, you will notice those thoughts but you you won't use judgment against those thoughts. You won't be immediately going, well, that's a crap thought or that's a good thought or I you know, of diving in and attaching yourself to the thoughts. And that is a form of self-compassion because humans are walking, talking nervous systems and we are mind, um, sorry, thought machines. It is not uncommon that from the minute we wake to the minute we sleep that I think there's something like, I mean, the data is a little bit different on this sometimes, but we can manufacture up to, you know, 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day. But ironically, the thoughts that we most commonly think will be those of a more negative nature, the ones we attach judgment to. So using a meditative practice, we simply get ourselves used to observing our thoughts and just allowing them to pass. That is a very self-compassionate practice, I can promise you. So then the third practice is aligned with this common humanity theme that I spoke of and that is really reminding yourself when you know something comes up and say for example the example I mentioned of a woman in a midlife who's really feeling very stuck in her workplace space because she has all or nothing thinking about leaving her job A really important thing is to not isolate yourself and think that you're the only person who's ever had this experience because I would doubt if that's ever occurred for any human, particularly humans like us who are living, you know, in 2023. There's nothing new under this sun, right? So one of the thoughts or a habit that I'd get you to think when you you really start to notice that you are, thinking in all or nothing way is to actually say to yourself, I'm actually not the only one who's felt this way. I know I won't have been. So we all have our moments of doubt and difficulty. And so by doing that, you're once again reminding yourself that you are part of a tribe, you're part of the human tribe. And embracing that common humanity will help you to feel more at peace that I'm not the only one that's ever felt this. I know there's so many humans out there who have actually found a way to embrace this and I'm going to be one of them as well. I'm part of a tribe who's going through the same stuff and in actual fact for some of you or for a lot of you who are considering the Gutsy Ladies Club is actually coming into the Gutsy Ladies tribe to be able to address it. So that leads me to the number one way in or the number one step to commit to that will address and bring in more self-compassion immediately in your life. And when I think of a person, I would call her a celebrity now, so I'm thinking of a person of influence um, who I think has done so much work around self-compassion, particularly in the last 10 to 15 years, is a woman called Brené Brown. And all of her work, she's done so much research on the whole concept um, now in regards to shame and bringing self-compassion to life. But the interesting thing is she's done it under a veil or a, a theme of vulnerability. And essentially that is the number one step that, well, really anyone takes 
when they recognise that they want to change and they can't do it on their own. So they may engage a coach like myself or they may um, chat with a, a friend which allows them to buddy up or indeed the women who have joined the Gutsy Ladies Club is just actually making the commitment to be vulnerable. And the thing when I was writing my notes about this episode about vulnerability is I have watched this happen every single time a woman has joined the Gutsy Ladies Club. They will have come in with some measure of tentativeness about, oh, you know, is this the right place for me? Is this, am I going to get what I want out of this? And the minute they share their story in the Gutsy Ladies Club, invariably the women, so we do this online obviously, the women who are listening via the Zoom link or Kajabi now, they lean in and they recognise at least some little part of her story. And simply by being vulnerable, simply by taking the first steps to acknowledge that you don't have all the answers and you're willing to find the answers, that means you've got away from all or nothing thinking you're going to explore options, that bringing in that vulnerability changes everything. And it changes everything, particularly biologically. It's a cocktail that comes into your brain because this increases connection. Instead of isolating yourself when you're feeling stuck, you come in and you can feel this connection. So committing from this moment, moment forward to actually be vulnerable around how you may be feeling stuck, particularly if you recognize it's around all or nothing thinking, making the commitment to be vulnerable is the number one step that will assist you on the path forward. And certainly that's something that I've witnessed with my gutsy ladies. And it is, you know, these are just some of the concepts that I share through the Gutsy Ladies Club. So if it's something that's been of interest to you, then make sure you check it out because it's a beautiful, safe space. And as I said, the thing I've loved most as it has evolved is just watching the level of all or nothing thinking diminish, the level of self-compassion within each member, but also as a group, the level of compassion that each woman shares with each other that makes it such a beautiful, safe space. So I hope this has been a good um, sort of understanding of why um, self-compassion is such a beautiful antidote to all or nothing thinking. And if this is something that you know that you have been doing, recognise through these two episodes that is completely changeable. And I look forward to hearing from you. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Gutsy Ladies podcast. If you haven't already, I'd love you to subscribe and send this episode to a friend who just may need a little reminder that she's a gutsy lady too. See you next week.